Hello, welcome to another episode of the Mental Debriefing Podcast. My name is Peter Tam, and let's get started. We'll talk about uh, basically the U.S. presidential election that took place and some of my thoughts and feelings on the election. And I also worked a polling place uh, locally here in uh, Chino Hills, California. So we'll go over all that. So buckle up. Mental Debriefing Podcast. Here we go. Episode 30. So yeah, hope everyone's doing well. It is a rather chilly day today. Um, over the weekend, it was uh, on Saturday, it was still slightly... Friday or Saturday, it was still warm. And then boom, it just turned really cold all of a sudden. But yeah, the winter weather is upon us. And all in all, um, a lot's been happening since the uh, last episode. And a lot hasn't been happening since the last episode. I've, I've been actively trying to uh, apply for jobs. And... Apply to full-time jobs, and then things have uh, not quite been going positively in that front. But I'm still chugging along with my various uh, side jobs, and of course, working at Amazon. And of course, the big news of the week, month, year, is that the presidential election uh, took place. It's uh, November, and it's 2020, so our current president, Donald Trump, ran against uh, Joe Biden, Senator Biden, who previously was a the vice president under Barack Obama. And, of course, he had great name recognition. Everyone knew who he was because he previously was the vice president under uh, Barack Obama. And election night came. It looked like uh, Trump was winning because he was uh, winning all these battleground states. But, lo and behold, um, said battleground states, a lot of them stopped counting the votes, like at 11 p.m. at night or something, East Coast time, which is kind of odd because many places, the polling place doesn't close till like 8, and then they have to clean up and stuff, and then by the time the votes actually get there to whatever uh, the counting facility is, it's oftentimes like at, you know, like 9.30 or 10 p.m., depending how far away in the county that uh, polling places so it, it seems a little little early to shut things down at 10 30 or 11 p.m at night when the uh, the actual <laughs> the ballots may not uh, come from the precincts uh, to the uh, counting place to the counting room 
until freaking uh, freaking 10 p.m. at night, and then you you shut down at 10:30 or 11 at night. Seems kind of weird, and it seems kind of early. But anyways, every county has their own uh, has their own uh, how should I say this procedure on handle how to handle elections, and if it's you know sometimes it's the case where they do shut everything down like at 11 p.m. as we noticed and of course you know out here in california they they um a lot of counties of course when again same issue the the ballots oftentimes don't reach the counting place until you know 10 p.m. 10:30 p.m. at night sometimes even 11 p.m. depending on how far it is uh, from the actual counting place. So, yeah, you know, out, out here in California, they do uh, work through the night regarding the counting the ballots. And uh, once day two, day three roll along, then the election updates uh, kind of trickle and slow down. Yeah, because at that point, that's when a lot of the uh, regular ballots uh, in the polling place have um, been processed, and then it's just a bunch of uh, mail-in ballots that came in same day or uh, provisional ballots that require another step of review. That often takes a bit longer. Uh, Yeah, so... The election took place, and then Trump looked like he was going to win. Then they can't stop counting ballots. And then day two, day three, day four roll around. And each day, Trump's lead in these uh, quote-unquote battleground states shrinks uh, more and more. And in many of these cases, they just turned out to go to Joe Biden. Um the more votes they count, the more for Biden. And then, of course, uh, Trump says there's some controversies regarding the counting, and he's pursuing legal action. So that's, of course, happening as we speak. And we'll see the outcome um, soon. You know, I'm ready for this whole thing to be done with, but... Because, you know, Trump's insistent on all this litigation and it's his right to do so, um, you know, hopefully some positives will come out of this and, uh, you know, hopefully some positives will come out of this and for future elections, then there would be more security going on and, and, uh, you know, all, all the legal votes get counted, and there's, um, yeah, you know, I I believe there's there's always gonna be some sort of, uh, um, not not one hundred percent accurate, you know, when you're when you're counting like what one hundred forty million votes or whatever. The key is, of course, you need to be within a certain standard deviation, um, to uh, or a certain percentage, um, of accuracy, so, so things can be 100% trustworthy, so 
if there is going to be litigation, hopefully um, that will spur some some changes and uh, some improvements in how how governments run their how county governments run their elections. You know, I I, I brought this up to my uh, uh, to my liberal friend. We've we've known each other for like fifteen years now, and uh, you know, I I said, oh yeah, maybe, maybe there's some positives going on, and then of course he wouldn't have it. He was like, this is BS. Um, you know, F Trump, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I said there's positives and negatives to every situation. And then, of course, he didn't want to accept it. So, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and then when you talk politics to, to someone that's really passionately liberal, pa- I, I shouldn't say passionately liberal, pa- passionately on the left side, the Democrat side, they tend to, um, it, it's hard to meet in the middle and and come to some sort of agreement because um, a lot of times I give, 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 and compromise, 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 and then, and then they just stand firm in their beliefs and they don't want to meet you in the middle. So it's, it's frustrating and I, I'm not a big fan of um, engaging in that type of conversation, but, you know, sometimes I, f- I feel comfortable with a certain person enough to, in- to you know, kind of let my thoughts be known, but in, in like one message, but of course they want to keep talking to uh, about it, and the more, uh, politics is one of those subjects that the more you talk about it, the more people get inflamed, um, even if you're trying to meet them in the middle. So it's a weird situation. And of course, let's let us uh, talk about. I did work four days as a poll worker um, with San Bernardino County um, for this 2020 general presidential election, and. How the whole thing goes is you attend a day of training where they go over some slides and discuss how to how things should operate, things like that. And then afterwards, uh, there's some role play and how to set up your, your precinct, things like that. So... Um, Once that happened, then it was, uh, how should I say this? Um, once that happened, then once you're done with your training, then they, um, you know, you, you do an evaluation of if the training was helpful or not, stuff like that. Then you go home and wait and move on with your life. Because this training took place like in September or something. <laughs> um, September or October. September probably yeah, and then of course the the elections not till November um, or October thirty first to November third. So, um, anyways, you do your training, and then go home and wait. 
Um, for San Bernardino County, of course, um, you know, they send you an email. Oh, congrats on training, completing your training, blah, blah, blah. You know, wait for another email to hear back regarding um, what your status is. And, of course, you know, I wait, wait, wait while I'm, uh, you know, living my life. And then we get to about one week out from the actual election. And I still hadn't heard back um, on the email. So I shot them an email. It's like, what the heck's going on? I was supposed to get an email uh, two weeks from the uh, election times regarding my assignment. But I haven't received that yet. And then um, once I send that email, like 10 minutes later, they sent me another email that said, oh, yeah, um, you know, we've already booked everyone, but we'll put you on the reserve team. So if anyone uh, drops out, then you can fill their place. So, of course, um, you know, I think nothing of it. Okay, I'm on the reserve team, whatever is right. And because... The primary election, uh, just recently um, in March, I was also on the um, on the reserve team, but they didn't call me because um, this was pre pre lockdown, um, pre COVID lockdown. So the elections went forward, and there wasn't much controversy regarding that. And yeah. That was uh, that was March, and then you know they sent me a certificate <laughs> saying we appreciate uh, your your work, you know you being available, blah blah blah. You know they they pay you like your twenty twenty bucks because you've been on standby that that whole day. But um, yeah, uh, so I expect that that to happen this time as well. You know you know they. They pay me to be on standby, but then I don't actually get called to an assignment. But the the night before, or or a day and a half before, they sent me an email, and they're like, um, you know, we have an opening here and and this particular precinct because um, a, a certain person has dropped out. I mean, they didn't send me an email; they called me, and. I I accepted to to fill the place, so off I off I went. Um, the the election started on October thirty first. It was a four day. Um, the the polling places were open for four days from October thirty first, which of course is Halloween, um, all the way to November third, and. So that day that it started was a Saturday. Um, I, of course, was, uh, you know, I celebrate Halloween every year. and I dress up every year, but because uh, <laughs> it would seem odd if I dressed up um, to, to do the polling place, uh, to the polling place, to the precinct, I didn't get a chance to dress up this year, which I'm sad about, but... Um, yeah, the, how it worked was the first three days the polling place was open, um, the hours were shorter, I believe, um, we were there from 9 to 7, so it was open to the, um, to the voters from 
10 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's the first three days. And then the last day, the actual election day, November 3rd, we had to get there at, uh, um, I believe, 5 a.m. Or, uh, or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. And then... Um, uh, well, we had to get there at 6 a.m. The polls were open at 7. And then... It's open all the way to 8 p.m. And then we have to shut things down and stuff like that. So that's like a long day because that's like 14 hours straight um, that you have to be there. So 6 a.m. to like 8.30 p.m. Um, so that's that's a long day. But the other days, they, they weren't long. Um, and then each day you got paid the same amount and... Whether it was that long day or, or the three shorter ones. Uh, so overall, it was a fun time. I, you know, I, I've done polling place before in 2018. But uh, things were a bit simpler in 2018 because there wasn't a pandemic going on. And when there's no pandemic, of course... People aren't wearing masks, and it's uh, easier to communicate, let's just say that, without a mask. And then for for us, we had a mask and one of those clear face shield things. Um, they kind of look like a welder's mask. Um, well, I shouldn't, well, a welder's mask doesn't look like that. I'm not sure why I said that. But, you know, it's it's one of those clear face shields that you see. So we had to wear that and and a uh, and the red, regular surgical mask. So it was fully protected. And we had to wear gloves as well. Uh, and we had to sanitize the table like every... Um, it was supposed to be like every, every chance we got. Um, ideally, like every... Uh, between every voter, but of course, uh, you know, I was handing out the paper ballots, um, so sometimes there there may have been a line, so you can't really sanitize it, like, between every single person, but uh, we had to sanitize when, when we got a chance as much as possible, basically. So, um, you know, I was wiping down the table a whole lot, <laughs> those those four days there was a lot of sanitation going on um and then like like when they were signing in the voters they had to wear this finger finger guard thing just to touch the uh touchpad so um san Bernardino county went a, a long way to ensure that uh voters were safe um from the coronavirus, you know, the doors were open, the voting booths were separated, um, far away from each other, really everything that you could ask for, um, was done, so, you know, for me personally, I, I, I wiped, wiped the table down hundreds of times, um, it was a lot, um, and and then it's like you know the the person standing there for a few seconds, and then you know, you you give them 
uh, a ballot, you explain that you need to fill in the bubble and then uh, where to go, and then boom, they're out of there. So, um, in the case of a coronavirus, how much how much is the virus transmitted in those five seconds? Who the heck knows? Um, but overall, it was it was very entertaining. Once again, it, it's hard to communicate with masks because. Um, one, you're wearing a mask, so the audience member or the person you're speaking with, they can't see your mouth move. And, and of course, your facial expressions are also blocked for the most part when you wear a mask. And, you know, watching lips and uh, facial expressions, that's... Now, now that everyone's wearing a mask, you realize how much of communication uh, is that visual element of actually looking at a person and their face and and uh, their lips and uh, their expressions, things like that. Uh, now, that it's it's actually a large part of communication. A lot, a lot of our communication is nonverbal. So that's missing. They can't see my face, and then I can't see their face. Um, so that that whatever percentage of it, that percentage of nonverbal communication mostly is lost in the face. Obviously, you can still move your hands or whatever, and I can see you move your hands, and they can see me move my hands. Uh, so that's one part. The next part is, of course, the vocal, which... When you're wearing a face mask and a face shield, um, the sound doesn't project as well and it gets muffled. And it's just straight out hard to understand. <laughs> um, you know, I, I felt I, I did better than some of my colleagues uh, because I do have a voice that projects. But others that... Others don't, be, and it is really hard to understand through a mask and a face shield and stuff like that. Um, you know, like when the voters uh, would ask me a question, of course, then it's an issue where sometimes I can't understand them either because, of course, they're wearing a mask. And, you know, if, if they have so, any sort of accent... Um, you know, let's say you have like a Australian accent and you're wearing a mask, then it's it's not the easiest to understand. Um, or you know, you have a, a South Indian accent and then or an East Indian accent is you know an accent of someone from India. Let's just say that, and then you're wearing a mask as well. Then <coughs> it. It's really hard to understand. So um, communication, I felt, um, due to all these COVID safety procedures, uh, was more of a challenge. Um, ultimately, of course, people understood. Um, you know, communication came across well, and given the circumstances, and people voted, and... They were sent on their way. 
Uh, one thing I did notice, of course, was, um, you know, in California, everyone was sent in the mail-in ballot. So they had a choice. They could either uh, mail in that ballot or they can take that ballot and bring it to their polling place or any polling place, uh, seal the envelope, sign it, and then drop it off in the box. And then it would directly go to the uh, registrar of voters where they were going to count the ballot or count the envelopes. Um, or you also had a choice, of course, to uh, vote in person, which is why we were there in the first place. And that, of course, took a, um, I don't know, it, it, was, it was difficult for the voters, um, for a lot of voters to understand um, that process regarding mail-in ballots because they've always voted in person and they've never voted um, absentee ballot before. Uh, you know, for me, it was an old hat because every single election I voted um, with an absentee ballot. So I know, you know, I know what takes place, but a lot of the people didn't. And the, a lot of the confusion took place because, um, people didn't understand the difference with the, uh, mail-in ballot and a practice ballot and they had to, uh, you know, you know they used that, uh, mail-in ballot as a practice ballot, basically. Because uh, usually you're, you know, you're given a booklet, which is at your actual practice <laughs> ballot, and then, you know, you, you circle what you're going to vote, blah, 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 and then typically that's your actual practice ballot. Uh, but this time people use that uh, other one as a practice ballot, and uh, confusion ensued, so um, it really sucked. Um, yeah, uh, so that was interesting. Uh, I think everything turned out well, and I'm happy to be uh, a participant in helping one of these important elections uh, process efficiently and professionally. And uh, I'm happy that it all took place. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, the pay wasn't great, of course. And a lot of people that work at polling places um, that choose the assignments, they're like retirees. And... Yeah, um, uh, and you know, a lot of people they don't they don't really want to sacrifice a vacation day or whatever from work. Um, in this case, you would have to sacrifice two vacation days and possibly a weekend. Um, 
And most people aren't, aren't willing to do that, of course, to, to work at a polling place. But um, because I have my fragmented schedule, I was able to do so. And yeah, overall, it was a very educational experience. And I don't have any uh, overly enlightening things to say regarding that. Um, I'm ready for the election to be over with and uh, to move forward with, with everything, um, both personally and professionally. Uh, overall, I, I encourage um, people, just like, uh, you know, because earlier I did uh, the Census Bureau as an enumerator. I was part of the U.S. Census Bureau. This was in August, and then now I do the uh, elections, which is the county government, and I learn a lot in both instances, and I encourage everyone to do so if, they, if they're ever presented the opportunity that they should go and pursue that. Um... You know, it's it's not much of a sacrifice regarding time-wise. The being an enumerator, working the census, that was more of a um, more of a job because you had to, uh, you know, at, at least put in twenty, twenty-five, thirty hours a week, um, at least up to forty, forty-five hours a week. Whereas this one was just a one-time go, uh, <laughs> four days. But both instances, you do learn a lot, and uh, you know, like jury duty, you kind of have to do your civic duties as a citizen. And you know, for myself, I never went to the military. I was never part of the armed forces. So uh, when I do have an opportunity to do these types of um, uh, governmental type of temporary jobs i always jump at the opportunity because it's it is a way for me to to uh kind of serve the community serve the government serve the u.s with uh without um of course being in the military so yeah i i do take the opportunity to do so and finally, of course, um, yeah, I still have some dreams of, uh, of moving out of my condo, and that's still going on, and I sincerely hope that um, I find a resolution to the whole thing soon, because it's been dragging on for several months now. A lot of it was because of my dental work. Um, I, uh, my dental work is through Amazon or the dental plan is through Amazon dental insurance. So I had to keep being employed by Amazon, of course, for the dental work to, uh, for the dental plan to go through because yeah, I <laughs> It's kind of like health insurance. If 
that that plan is associated with your job. So if you're not part of it, um, um, if you're not employed there, your your employer is not going to actually pay for that portion of the um, dental payment. So I've I've been pounding away at Amazon, and a lot of that is for the. Um, is for the uh, for the dental plan, which um, you know I, I I had some work. I had a, I had a cavity on one tooth uh, because of the location of the tooth. They couldn't just fill it, so they had to put a crown in, which was you know that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's a lot of step to. Uh, that's a complex procedure. Well, it's not that complex, but. Um, it is it is more involved than just filling the tooth, so um, filling the cavity. So um, yeah, I put a crown in, and then that crown, the the um, the crown that put over the tooth, um, the porcelain crown that broke twice, so that delayed things a lot. Um, basically, delayed it uh, like. Six six weeks total, um, because the the crown was uh, um, it broke twice. Uh, the first time I bit down once I had the crown, and then you know the dentist put it in, um, it it broke, and then it broke again, and then we went in a third time, and the third time was the charm. So that's nice. Um, then uh, after that. I have a, uh, before this, I only had one wisdom tooth pulled out. So it was time to get the other wisdom tooth pulled out because it had, uh, it had a cavity. So um, that just took place uh, last Friday. Um, you know, I went to work, of course, on Thursday. Um, and then in Amazon, it's overnight. So Got home in the morning, took like a two-hour nap, and then off I went to get uh, my wisdom tooth pulled. And uh, yeah, it, it it went off um, okay. Of course, it was a much more involved procedure because my tooth was uh, um, it was more decayed than. <laughs> Uh, than the dentist thought, so taking it out required uh, much more work, but in the end it got taken out, so um, I'm also uh, on a uh, round of antibiotics right now, um, so so it's it's been an interesting couple of days during this weekend um, and Monday. Uh, taking antibiotics, but uh, overall, it's it's been going. Um, I've been slacking off because of that uh, pulling place thing, and this uh, the dental thing on applying for jobs. But I've updated my resume like several times, improved it several times. So hopefully, now when I send it out, I'll get more results. Other than that, um, that's all I have to say. I hope everyone's doing well.
I hope I do come to a resolution on where I want to live. And, you know, I, I, I do love being here because it's close to my parents. Um, but if the pandemic has taught me anything is that, you know, um, r regarding the friends part of the convenience of being in uh, Southern California, you know, a lot of friends, they didn't come visit me. And, um, yeah, and dating-wise, it hasn't been easy uh, during the pandemic. Uh, the last few months, I've just freaking given up um, on, on all these uh, online dating and all that kind of stuff because... A lot of times what would happen is, you know, I keep talking, talking, talking um, through the text. So, you know, you text back and forth and stuff. And then when it's finally, you know, I ask them, you know, let's meet up or whatever, then they kind of squirm and they don't want to meet up. So it's been really frustrating. Um, so hopefully... Um, you know, they, they announced today that there's a vaccine coming soon and from Pfizer. And I presume the other uh, companies, their vaccines are uh, soon to be online as well. So hopefully this pandem pandemic is coming to an end and dating will return back to normal. Um, I'm not... Uh, you know, I'm not too hopeful. Well, I am hopeful, but um, regarding the state's prospects, California's prospects, I'm not particularly hopeful that there will be a positive outcome. But yeah, I'm I'm in a weird place right now because I can my qualifications right now because I don't have any like skills. Um, <laughs> It's insurance, which I did that for like, uh, you know, nine and a half years. So I have experience there. And working in a warehouse, I have experience there. <laughs> and uh, I'm a realtor. So I, I have a lot of varied experiences. Jack of all trades, master of none. And... Unfortunately, sometimes when you put put like a bunch of varied stuff on your resume, the the hiring managers, you know, they you know, they could give an F that I worked at Amazon, right? Um especially if you're like in the white collar world a lot. Um you know, and then, you know, someone writes, you know, I was a dishwasher. Uh or in this case, you know, I'm an essential worker. I'm a I, I'm, uh, you know, I worked at Amazon and then they, they could give an F that I worked in Amazon. So it's really sad that that's the situation, but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to find a job and, you know, I, I don't know if I should be pursuing insurance or if I should be pursuing um, some sort of analyst role somewhere, or if I should, um, you know, 
pursue a job as a leasing consultant, which which is kind of crappy in pay, but you learn about the leasing, so that'd be kind of like a uh, uh, on the real estate real estate side of things, and then where to look regarding finding the job. So it's all over the place. My ultimate, you know, I want to move out of my condo because there's a lot of issues. So that's the main thing. Um, I just don't know where to move yet. And unfortunately, you know, when it comes down to moving, it's uh, a lot of times you have to move out of, out of a place before you sell the place. Uh, it's much easier to sell if the place is unoccupied. Um, so that's that's a whole whole issue. And then, you know, if I move too far away, then it's hard for me to, you know, to... Um, you know, get maintenance things going and hire a handyman to fix, you know, fix some stuff that has broken down over the years. Um, so it, it's it's a weird situation. Anyways, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, my throat is hoarse now from talking so much. And yeah, I'll, I'll see everyone. And... My Instagram is Vision of Tam, V I S I O N of T A M. So that's my Instagram. If you want to send an email, or if you have uh, uh, questions or real estate questions or whatever, the email address mentaldebriefing at gmail.com. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Enjoy life.